What's going on, everybody? Brennan Schaefer here with you, talking over something, I presume, on B-Shape Daily. It is Tuesday, March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day, though I don't imagine there will be much celebrating going on at bars or restaurants today. I haven't seen anything saying that Missouri or St. Louis has closed officially their bars or restaurants to dine-in customers as of yet, but it seems like that's on the way. I think Illinois has already done it. A lot of other states have done it amid the coronavirus concern, and so it's going to be kind of locked down here in the coming weeks. But figure we're going to keep going with the show with B-Shape Daily, so I appreciate you guys for joining me today. Seriously, if you've got suggestions for topics, stuff you want to see discussed on the show, I certainly am going to be open to consideration. I'm still doing some interviews, trying to line up some different things that will hopefully be enjoyable. Yesterday had Taylor Rossellino on. He was the kicker for the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL this past season. The season obviously has come to an end like all other sports as of right now, but uh, Taylor was kind enough to come on the show yesterday and talk about his experience this season, talk about what St. Louis meant to him in the short time he was here. Uh, it was kind of like a fever dream, the Battlehawks' first season, but hopefully the XFL says it'll be back for another year in the spring of 2021. Hopefully that ends up being the case and St. Louis can continue to enjoy football in some capacity, even though the city does not have an NFL team anymore. But check out yesterday's episode of B-Shape Daily if you're interested in a little content on the Battlehawks, hearing from one of their players about the kind of impact the fans in St. Louis made for the organization and for the actual players on the team. It was kind of cool to hear some of that perspective. You know, St. Louis loves to brag about St. Louis, but I think that in this case it's particularly deserved um, because they were pretty much leading the way, the Battlehawks fans, as far as support within the XFL. So that was kind of a cool thing to see. But today we're going to switch gears a little bit, and by a little bit I mean a lot of it. And the plan is... I'm going to start diving into uh, some of these brackets that I've been doing on Twitter that have gotten some attention. The first one I did was the serial bracket, and that's what I'm currently running. So if you have some strong opinions on your favorite breakfast cereal, I do recommend heading over to my Twitter account. It's at bshafer12, and you got to scroll through some tweets, but it won't take you long to get to a bunch of them in a row, and all they are is polls that list cereals, and you pick one or the other based on the 64-participant serial bracket, best serial bracket that I put out a few days ago, and then people said, you know, we really have nothing better to do, so you might as well run the bracket and see which serial will ultimately be crowned the champion. Uh, one of the number one seeds, I did it just like the NCAA March Madness Basketball Tournament, so uh, 64 teams. I did 64 instead of 68. Technically, they have 68 now for March Madness, but 64 teams, 64 serials, and we are through the first round of voting as of Tuesday morning. So now we're on to the round of 32, and things are getting spicy. A lot of people seem to think it'll be a runaway for Cinnamon Toast Crunch, regardless of what the matchups are. But that's the beauty of this thing. You now have the ability to decide and have your voice be heard as far as the serial bracket is concerned. So I think I'm going to run through the rest of the round of 32 on Tuesday, I've already got the first half of the day's matchups posted to Twitter, and then we'll be on to the Sweet 16 on Wednesday, but we'll be probably done with this by the end of the week, I would think, uh, continuing on the pace that we're going on now, 
And I may do polls for the other bracket that I put up on Twitter, which is the sit-down restaurant chain bracket. And some people did not like the the seating that I had going for this one, but I tried to be reasonable with seating restaurants that are more prominent and well-known as high seeds, even though some people might say prominent doesn't make you good. I know that I'm not a big Subway fan when it comes to fast food, uh, even though it's healthier. It's it's overpriced for sure at this point in time. But I try to go with some of the well-known chains as top seeds or as some lesser-known chains, maybe some of the regional ones as far as the sit-down restaurants go, didn't get as much love in the seating. So that could be a bracket that has a lot of upsets, but I think I'm going to wait to start doing the polls for that one until the cereal bracket is complete. But if you're a big chain restaurant fan, you can also find that bracket on my Twitter feed. I'll read off some of the top seedings to you, and you can let me know in a reply or a comment on Twitter or in a direct message whether you think some of these seeds were snubbed. Buffalo Wild Wings actually replied to the tweet questioning their status as a five seed in the tournament in the bottom right region of the bracket. They're facing Chuck E. Cheese in the first round, which isn't really a sit-down restaurant, I guess, but I had Dave and Buster's in there, and so I, I felt like I just wanted to throw a bone to Chuck E. Cheese and put that on the bracket as well. It's my bracket. I can do what I want. Uh, but the, the one seeds are Texas Roadhouse, which I don't see anybody taking down Texas Roadhouse. That's probably going to end up being, if I were to fill out the bracket, my choice for the overall champion. Longhorn Steakhouse, Olive Garden, and Red Lobster round out your number one seeds. I think that's pretty pretty reasonable, pretty fair. Some people like Red Lobster, others don't. I don't know how you could not enjoy places that give you like free bread, free rolls. Uh, Olive Garden does the free breadsticks. So I'm all about all those places. And all of the one seeds do. They give you something for free when you walk in the door, when you sit down. So I'm very appreciative of that as a uh, cost-conscious consumer. But, and I guess at some point this should honestly turn into a live read situation. I should be taking home some cash from some of these businesses. But I, I want to give you some of the seedings that people consider a little bit more questionable. And then I'm going to stick up for one of my chains that I am a fan of that I think gets a bad rap for maybe some lacking in their quality back a few years ago. And that's Applebee's. But Applebee's has improved a lot. I'm here to tell you. And again, I, I think they should be paying me for this. But I, we love going to Applebee's because, first of all, for like the last two years, they've been doing this special where a different drink every month only costs you a dollar. So if you like to partake in an alcoholic beverage, they usually have some interesting choices. And it's only a buck every month, so that's kind of fun. And their appetizers are good. They've got their two-for-20 menu. My favorite thing to order is the Bourbon Street Chicken and Shrimp, which is you know not super unhealthy for you either. You get some vegetables in there. You get... Uh, some potatoes, some some chicken breasts, some shrimp. So it's a good uh, it's a good meal, good hearty meal. And so yeah, I'm a fan of Applebee's. That's why I gave it a two seed uh, alongside Red Robin, which was kind of the the genesis for the inspiration of this bracket. Because a few days ago, somebody tweeted in a reply to like a New York Times article that they went to they went to uh, Red Robin and it was a crowded restaurant and people were like, "You're supposed to be social distancing. Don't be an idiot." and brag about going to a crowded restaurant. And so that kind of had Red Robin trending for all the wrong reasons because people were, were you know, kind of crapping on Red Robin saying it's no good. Like, you don't need to be risking coronavirus for your, you know, garbage Red Robin meal. It's like, well, hold on a minute. 
Red Robin still has some pretty good burgers, endless fries. You can't really go wrong there. So uh, I put them in as a two seed. I'm interested to see how the voting goes. They're facing Joe's Crab Shack, which could be perhaps a uh, an unenviable matchup for them. I had never been to a Joe's Crab Shack. They used to have one in Mid-Rivers. Uh, this, if you're a St. Charles County folk, you're familiar with that area. But I believe that has since closed down. I don't. I, so that's not true. I did go there, but it was before. I used to be a pretty picky eater as a kid, and so I wasn't a big seafood fan. So I really didn't get to take advantage uh, of Joe's Crab Shack while it was still there. Uh, another two seed is Waffle House. Some people said that shouldn't be included in a sit-down restaurant bracket, but when you consider that lower down in the bracket, I did consider and include some other breakfast places, including IHOP. Bob Evans, Denny's, and I've got First Watch on there, which is my favorite of the breakfast chains. I've only actually been there once, but my mom introduced me to it down in Florida when I was there for spring training, and it's really, really good. But Waffle House has kind of got a cult following, and so I figured I and that's a place that I truly can honestly say, I told you I'd never been to Joe's Crab Shack and then corrected myself, can truly honestly say I've never been to Waffle House. Never. Now, if I had gone there as a youngster, like before my memory was being formed, then that so be it. I, I'll stand corrected on that. But I've never like gone in of my own volition and ordered food uh, on my own or, or since I've been able to drive or anything like that. I've never gone. And um, a lot of people love it. I know my aunt and uncle that live in Atlanta, they're all about it because it's it started in Atlanta. It's a huge deal down there. But, yeah, I just don't uh, – something about it. I don't know why. I've been in the parking lot before in Wentzville. I – once tried to look at a car there and maybe buy like a used car from somebody. Not sketchy at all in the uh, Waffle House parking lot. But I did not go inside. I don't think they actually showed up for that meeting, so I didn't get to buy that car. Um, the other two seat is Chili's, and that's, again, you talk about proximity and just how many of the chains there are. That seems to be a pretty prevalent chain restaurant, Chili's. So I personally prefer Applebee's, but Chili's is not bad either. Um, rolling on to the three seeds. And I'm not going to go through the entire bracket this way, but I wanted to kind of point out some some interesting things. And let me hear your takes on chain restaurants. Again, if I'm committing as Brendan Schaefer to do a B-Shafe daily on a daily basis, it's not always going to be able to be about sports when there is no sports going on. I will get into some NFL stuff toward the end of the show, but I know a lot of St. Louis people are like over the NFL. They don't care. But to be honest with you, that is the only sport going right now that is interesting because their free agency period has opened or is at least on the brink of opening and and everything is becoming unofficially official with trades and things of the like and uh, free agents signing. So I'm going to get into that a little bit later in the show. But for now, I wanted to kind of dive into the chain restaurant bracket and I can get into the cereal bracket, too, if you if, if the public demand uh, would like my official opinions on it. But for that, you're going to have to direct message me on Twitter at bshafer12 or just send me a public tweet because that, that way people can know that you uh, you feel very strongly about this issue and say, hey, you talked about the restaurant bracket. I want you to talk about cereals because that's actually the poll that you're running right now. And so uh, I will do that tomorrow if people, people care enough and want to know. But for now, uh, we're sticking with the restaurants because I haven't gotten to talk about this yet. Uh, three Seeds, TGA Fridays, again, it's out there. Uh, Cheesecake Factory is pretty prominent as well. And then two other three seeds that are not, I I don't know if as many people are familiar with these places, but I've been to both and both are really, really good. And so that's why I've got them ranked so high. Cheddars, there's one in Columbia. I don't know if there are Cheddars in St. Louis. And when I lived down in Georgetown, Texas for a little over a year, they had a Cheddars down in that way as well, outside the Austin area. 
Cheddar's and Yard House is another place that I don't know if they have it in St. Louis, but they do down in Texas. It's in Atlanta. I know right outside the Atlanta Braves kind of stadium complex area where they have some shopping and dining. It's like a ballpark village, uh, but better because it's expanded and you can kind of walk the streets and check things out. So uh, recommend that if you haven't been to uh, the Atlanta Braves complex down there, the new uh, SunTrust Park that they have. It's not new, but it's relatively new within the last few years. Of course, you can't do that right now because there's no baseball going on. But if the Cardinals ever do make another trip there, if coronavirus doesn't cancel baseball forever, I do recommend that. But it's kind of in the north side of Atlanta, uh, like north northwest, I want to say. It's not downtown. Uh, so that's kind of a different situation. So it's kind of like they built this artificial ballpark village away from the city over in the suburbs. But it is still kind of a cool thing. And if you're somebody that says, I want to try to make it to every ballpark, I definitely would recommend that. I could do ballpark rankings too on another episode of the show. The problem is my plan for this year was to actually get to see a lot of new ballparks for the first time now that I'm BBWAA membership and and approved through that. And I was going to try to make as many road trips as I could covering the Cardinals. Now we'll have to wait and see how many of those I can make through the second half of the season. Certainly would like to get to all the ballparks in the NL Central. I've been to Wrigley, and I've been to Milwaukee, which is Miller Park, but not anymore. I forget the name that they're changing it to. It's some insurance company. But I haven't been to Cincinnati, and I've not been to Pittsburgh, so I'd like to get to those two ballparks as well, if possible, this year. I was supposed to go to Cincinnati for the opening game, but of course, then it didn't happen. So now I've gone on this bitterness trail of talking about ballparks that I may or may not get to see in the future, but... Yes, go to Atlanta because they've got Yard House, and Yard House is good. Uh, they've also got this like weekday happy hour. Again, I'm into the nitty-gritty when it comes to these restaurant rankings. I consider every angle. And so if you ever are in the area of a Yard House and it's like, I don't know, between 4 and 6 on a weekday, go in there because all their appetizers are half price, and they have probably more appetizers on their list than whether they call them sharing plates or whatever they call them. Their, their starter menu is as expansive as any appetizer menu that I've seen at a restaurant and pretty much all of it is half price during their weekday happy hour and gotta be honest with you otherwise it's kind of an expensive place to eat so I always go when I can during uh, during a happy hour we're gonna go four seeds out back another steakhouse uh, inferior to the top dogs and roadhouse and longhorn steakhouse in my opinion but still pretty good place Uh, California pizza kitchen is pretty good but again, it feels like a little more of a fancy schmancy kind of kind of place. And maybe that's not true. But like of the pizza places, I think this that's certainly the highest rated pizza place on this bracket because it feels like a little more upscale. Maybe maybe that's only because of the mall that it's at in St. Louis, which again I cannot even remember. Maybe it's not even still there. If it was Chesterfield Mall, then that's a a faux pas on my part. It's probably not still there. But whatever mall it is in St. Louis that California Pizza Kitchen was at, that's like oh that's kind of like a nicer mall. So. Maybe it was the Galleria, West County. I can't remember, and I'm not going to look it up because I don't care enough. Oh, Charlie's ranks as well. I told you about how I am with the free bread, and they are a four seed uh, in part because of that reason and also because they're pretty affordable. Uh, affordable, nice meals, good drink specials. I'm all about that. Uh, Ruby Tuesday is a four seed, and i got to be honest with you, I don't, I don't have any intention to go to a Ruby Tuesday again um, because I think they killed the free biscuits that they gave out. They used to give out the free biscuits that were kind of like a knockoff of the one that Red Lobster does, the kind of cheddar biscuit infusion there. But from what I understand, my sources say, my sources being the internet, I'm pretty sure Ruby Tuesday doesn't do that anymore. And they're kind of overpriced to begin with. They have a nice salad bar, but otherwise I'm not 
too crazy about Ruby Tuesday anymore, especially without the, the bonus bread. And they face Fuzzy's Tacos in the first round, which is not exactly a sit-down chain. They do have counter service. Uh, there's a couple other places that I put in with kind of questionable merits for this bracket because I said I wanted it to be sit-down restaurant chains. And some of the spots that were given out in this bracket don't exactly meet the criteria. McAllister's Deli is another one. And it's like, well, if you did McAllister's Deli, then you need to do Breadco. But I didn't do Breadco because... Breadco was in that Barstool Sports uh, chain, like fast food, fast casual chain restaurant bracket that had had been surfacing over, like this was even before, uh, I think this was kind of an older thing that has resurfaced this year, but that, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, I wonder what other brackets would be fun to do, and that's how I started on the cereal and then decided on the sit-down chain restaurant bracket, but I, I didn't see McAllister's on their bracket, and so I said, I'm just going to throw it in here because I like it, and it's pretty good. And especially if you go in the summer to McAllister's, they have, like, different flavored lemonades, and I always want to mix it with unsweet tea for, like, a like a fancy Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer is the best non-alcoholic beverage, by the way, that you could possibly get, just unsweet tea and lemonade. Especially if you get a good lemonade, it can be just a plain old regular lemonade, or maybe you can get a... A pink lemonade, a raspberry lemonade is particularly good, and that's why I like McAllister's because they've got usually like a something kind of wild berry, some kind of lemonade that you can get in the summertime. Uh, and so they're an 11 seed in this bracket. I mentioned them because I'm talking about Fuzzy's Tacos. If I'm filling out the bracket, Fuzzy's Tacos, which they've got them in Columbia. I've seen them around other places. I think I saw some in Texas. Don't know if St. Louis has them uh, yet. I, I want to say they might have a location now. But they're a 13 seed. I would have the, the 13 seed fuzzies taking down Ruby Tuesday. But I had to put Ruby Tuesday up higher because it's it's a more prominent chain. Um, and it's also a sit-down place. So I'm, I'm putting the underdogs toward the bottom. Steak and Shake also made this bracket. I tried to do it without drive throughs but I thought Steak and Shake is more of a diner. And even though it does have a drive through I think it deserves consideration to this bracket because of the diner status. And again, it is my bracket. So that's what I did. Um, let's keep looking here. Trying to find the five seeds. Okay, Mimi's Cafe. They've got one of those in Chesterfield. That's a good place. 54th Street is in Wentzville. That's a good place. One of my favorite places in Wentzville um, for you Wentzvillians out there. And I, I don't know. I think there's one in Chesterfield as well for 54th Street. Um, that's just a good place. I like that a lot. Fuddruckers is a burger place I have not been to in quite a long time. And then the aforementioned Buffalo Wild Wings, who did reply to the tweet uh, about the bracket and got a little bit of attention for that. So I don't know if, if they start to retweet when they face off their matchups to their followers, then that's that's potentially going to be an unfair advantage to Buffalo Wild Wings. But I guess they can get in where they fit in. Hooters, I think, also responded. They're a sixth seed. Um, I'm not really too fond of Hooters necessarily. Um, I get it. Everybody likes to go for the waitresses. I'm married, and I don't know that their food quite stacks up. But I should probably give it another chance because maybe the food is – is better than I remembered. I just remember it just being kind of like, eh, a whatever kind of sports bar. But because it's pretty prominent for a lot of people, I put it up as a number six seed. Trying to look through. Maggiano's, can't remember a lot about that. That's kind of more of an up upscale Italian chain, but I know it's kind of prominent. P.F. Chang's got a six seed as well. And so, you know, if you're voting for P.F. Chang's against Steak and Shake, I like that first round matchup. That's pretty interesting. The other six seed, and I'll stop going seed by seed after this and just mention a couple other restaurants that are interesting to me before we round out the rest of this pointless show. Hey, I'm, I'm doing the show. You don't have to listen, but I would appreciate it if you did. 
And if you have your own input, it'll make it more interesting. We'll pass the time together. Uh, Pizzeria Uno, which I can't remember where their locations are, but it's like Chicago deep dish, deep dish style pizza is their specialty. And I remember really, really liking it when I was younger, like as a teenager, but I, I don't think I've been there in a while. But that's pretty good. Okay, I'm going to round through here some interesting things that jump out to me. Mellow Mushrooms in the bracket. Uh, somebody mentioned a Chain 99. They mentioned it on Twitter. I don't know if they said it's in like the Northwest United States, but I've never seen it nor have I heard of it. But I put it in there because somebody specifically asked for it. See, I respond to the people. That's what I do. Mod Pizza's in there. I haven't been there. Uh, they're a lower seed. Chevy's is a seven seed against Max and Ormas. Two places that in the St. Louis area I used to be able to find a lot, and now I don't know if either of them are around anymore. Um, but I'm a, I used to be a huge Chevy's fan. I like going to the uh, what was the Mills Mall when they had the NASCAR Speed Park. I don't even know if that's still there. The Mills Mall probably not doing super well nowadays, but that was a fun place to go. It was like super out of the way from everything else in St. Louis. There's no reason to go over there unless you're going to the Mills Mall. At least from my perspective, living in Western St. Charles County, but. I like going there. I like playing the uh, in the dark putt putt at the Mills Mall, and I liked going to NASCAR Speed Park. And right in between those two things was Chevy's, and I used to be a huge fan of Chevy's, but I don't know if it's even open anywhere. There might be one location around the area. I know it's somewhere else in the United States, but I don't know about St. Louis. They have decreased in volume significantly. Uh, looking down the list, Bar Louie is a good place. That's on the list. Uh, Papadou, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Papadou, it's like a New Orleans, uh, Houston-y kind of seafood place that a lot of people enjoy down that way. I've heard of that at least, having lived in Texas for a year, but I never went, so I couldn't speak to the quality. Macaroni Grill, Romano's Macaroni Grill's on the list. I don't know if that even exists in the St. Louis area anymore. Another one that kind of has has de declined in volume over the years. Cracker Barrel on the list. I mentioned David Buster's. Uh, a couple regional pizza chains. Hungry Howie's is on there. I, if I mentioned Mellow Mushroom is on there. Uh, rolling through the right side of the bracket now. On the border, I've never been, but I like their chips that they have selling the store, so that's good. Rainforest Cafe, I've heard of, never been. Golden Corral, 10 seed. hey -o, I used to work there. Uh, that's not something to, like, brag about necessarily, but um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, like, you know, the Golden Corral, a lot of... Uh, Gross stuff kind of goes on with that chocolate fountain. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to add any addendums on the Golden Crop. But I did enjoy the year that I worked there. It was in, uh, in college in Columbia. Wrapping up the talk, though, for today about the chain restaurant bracket. Old Spaghetti Factory in their hometown slash Old Country Buffet in there. I mentioned Chuck E. Cheese and B-dubs. Uh, you've got Outback versus Fazoli's. Hooters takes on Hard Rock Cafe. Perkins is the opponent for Yard House. Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, I don't think I've ever been, but obviously you know from the, from being based on Forrest Gump, the movie. Brio, Applebee's, and then Chewy's uh, rounds out the bracket. And I think I might have been unfair to Chewy's because I am a, you know, I love Mexican restaurants. And I, if I've been to Chewy's, I can't remember it enough to – it's not recent enough to be able to make any – firm declarations about the quality and it's probably pretty good but i rated it so low that i feel like it's not going to get it's either not going to get a fair chance or it's going to serve as a knockout for applebee's in an early round when i want applebee's to be able to do well for itself because i've already expressed my appreciation for uh the applebee's menu so we'll wait and see what happens with that we'll probably get that bracket going next week but again if you want more serial talk bracket talk 
DM me, bshafer12 on Twitter, and let me know. Yes, I do want you to talk cereal because I'm just as bored as you are, and I'm in quarantine or whatever, and I would rather listen to you talk about cereal than listen to nothing at all or watch whatever, The Office on Netflix for the hundredth time. So would appreciate that if uh, that's the way you feel. But going to talk a little bit about NFL before we get out of here because mainly it's the Tom Brady thing that I want to talk about. We don't yet know where Tom Brady is going but it's not going to be the New England Patriots, apparently. After like 20 years, Tom Brady is leaving New England. It's a weird deal to me because it it sounds like, you know, it was just that he wasn't able to agree with the Patriots on, on what? The direction, on his pay? Like, Robert Kraft made it clear, the owner, in a report, ESPN reporter, whoever said it, that, yeah, the Patriots would have gladly taken Brady back, but he didn't want to come back. And so, I don't know if Brady is suddenly feeling like he's got to prove himself to, you know, that he can thrive outside of the Belichick dynasty. But it's been him and Bill Bill Belichick for his entire career. And so a lot of people say, you know, you, you wouldn't have been what you've been without the legendary coach. Now he wants to maybe disprove some of those people by going somewhere else and showing that he can win. The problem is he's doing it way too late in his career because I honestly don't think he's, and like this is not to be inflammatory or make a hot take, but is Brady that good anymore is he going to elevate the play of whatever team he goes to? I don't know that he necessarily would. You certainly have a lot of wisdom and, and experience that you'd be bringing into the building in Tom Brady. But just speaking strictly on like football strategy and like running an offense, Brady was pretty much the check down machine in New England, especially toward the end where he's throwing a lot of shorter passes, doesn't have the deep ball anymore, and that offense was run based on running the, the ground game, running the football. And so I don't know if if you you're bringing in Tom Brady expecting him to just turn things around for a desolate team if that's going to do any any good for you but I'll certainly be interested to see where he would go I just would have liked to have seen this happen when he was still like in his 30s he's like 42 right now right yeah he'll turn 43 in August so before his next season begins he'll be 43 years old if he does that five years ago when he's still maybe in a little bit more of his peak condition, which, of course, he takes care of himself probably as good as, if not better than any other professional athlete, just in regard to, like, he doesn't eat anything that tastes good and he works out all the time and stuff. So takes care of his body. That's all good for him. But I wonder if he's really going to be able to carry a team. Like, give me give me a guy like Mahomes or even – whoever you want to say is several pegs down from Mahomes, like Russell Wilson, even even like Jameis Winston, which I'm interested to see where he will go. He's no good, but at least like he takes shots down the field and can. it's not predictable what he's going to do for the offense. And so I'm not saying take Jameis over Tom Brady. I'm just interested to see if Brady goes into a situation that's suitable to – I mean, obviously you're going to need to win right away because he's, how many more years could he possibly have? Three at the most? Play till he's 45, I think is what I've heard before that he said he wants to do. So, obviously, former St. Louis Rams fan, I'm a gigantic Patriots hater. And so, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a, a fan of Tom Brady's. I, I respect the success, but I'm interested to see, although if he could have done that success without cheating, that would have been nice. But I'm interested to see where he goes and whether or not he's able to, to thrive in a new environment because he's never really lost before, right? Like, I don't know what the worst season the Patriots had with him at the helm was, but it couldn't have been very bad. They were making the playoffs like every year. I think they had a winning season even when Matt Castle quarterbacked them the year that Brady got hurt early in the season. 
and they still had a winning record. I don't think they made the playoffs, but they pretty much made the playoffs every other year under Brady. So I'm interested to see, like, if he goes to the, like, they're talking about, like, the Tampa Bay Bucks or whether it would be the Chargers. Like, if he goes to the Bucks and they, they win five games with him, like, again, unless you have a run game installed in an offensive line that you really, really trust, I don't know how great of an idea it is to bring in Tom Brady commanding the salary that he's sure to command. It's the same thing with Yadier Molina. If he ever were to leave the Cardinals, that's kind of exactly how I would compare it if I were to, to if you were to allow me the liberty of comparing across different sports. Yadier Molina, an all-time great player, and has so much wisdom that and you know just knowledge that he brings to the game even now. Have his skills declined to some extent? They certainly have. You know, he's he's not quite the defensive catcher he used to be. I still think he's really good. But, you know, you see more pass balls. You see more uh, situations that would be called pass balls, maybe for other catchers, but are considered wild pitches instead. Uh, you know, he's you, you can tell sometimes he's conserving energy a little bit on plays to because it, I, I wouldn't want to be the guy getting down on my knees for 162 games a year, but it, plus the playoffs. He said in the Instagram post he prepares for 174 games a year. Yachty I, prepares as good as anybody. But offensively, too, could you could you say maybe as he ages, he would lose a step? I don't think that's controversial to anybody but Yachty. And so I think it's comparable to Brady to say, you know, if you want to say greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all time, I'm not going to argue with the second point. Uh, the first point is we'll leave for Stephen A. and Skip Bayless to decide. But I don't think it's controversial to say at this point in his career, he's just not quite the player that he once was. So unless he puts himself, and again, he's got all the leverage here. So unless he puts himself into a situation where he he likes the team in place and believes he can succeed in the next couple of years, I'm interested to see if Tom if we see Tom Brady losing seasons in the future because, you know, the the Chargers have have a decent situation. I it seems like that would make sense for him because I know Philip Rivers is leaving, looks like he's going to the Colts, and so it's just going to be kind of a musical chairs, carousel of quarterbacks this offseason. But Tom Brady, I am interested. I'm tracking to see where he goes. And if you know anything about me, you know I'm huge into fantasy football. And so if you're not an NFL person, you can just tune out. You cannot listen to those podcasts. But certainly there's going to be some some football talk when we get around to it. I'm not a fan of the fact that St. Louis doesn't have an NFL team anymore. And the NFL are full of cronies and corrupt people. But it sure is pretty entertaining for me still. And so that's why I watch it and pay attention to it. Uh, I don't root for the Rams. I'm not a Rams fan, if that's what you're asking, because I know some people in St. Louis did not denounce their fandom after the Rams left for Los Angeles. And uh, honest, to be honest with you, at first, I kind of tried. I considered trying to remain a fan, but even watching their first game, I believe it was a game against San Francisco, I just didn't feel the same as I had felt previously. I did have some Rams on my fantasy team that year that won me some money, so that was appreciated. Um, but when it came to like their playoff game, I was just like down. No, no lose, lose. And they lost to the Falcons and that made me happy. And that's why with the Super Bowl featuring the Rams and Patriots, I was rooting for the Patriots to win in the most uninteresting and boring fashion imaginable. And that's kind of exactly what happened. That game was kind of a clunker, but it was good because I didn't have to face the feelings that would have come out if the Rams had won a Super Bowl and I didn't get to enjoy it after, you know, sitting through 12 consecutive non-winning seasons and then having them ripped away. I was not a fan of that day. That was not a fun January 2016 day for yours truly. But anyway, still in on the NFL, despite the fact that I hate everything that they stand for. Um, so sorry if that doesn't jibe with your worldview, but you don't have to, to hang out for those episodes. I will not fault you. I totally understand. I've got very good friends. I've got family who have sworn off the NFL for good because of 
you know, just the way the way they run things, it's not it's not very good. So because of that, I won't fault you if you don't listen to those episodes. But we will have some of that talk and potentially more of it throughout the summer. Like I don't know how long this baseball thing's gonna gonna last where we don't have baseball, don't have hockey either. Like we should be gearing up and talking on the podcast about a blues potential uh, another Stanley Cup run, but I don't even know if they're gonna be able to finish the hockey season. So it's a bummer. It really sucks, and you know what's more is on a on a grander scale, people are suffering and and people are going to die because of coronavirus. And so, as much as we try to make jokes and and keep things light to just keep ourselves sane, definitely I am recognizing that it's it's a it's a tough time for all Americans and the world because this has been something that's been going on in other countries as well. And I think it's still I think we're still at a point in the United States where it's going to get harder before it gets better. Because I, I things are shutting down, but we haven't seen like a national mandate of no restaurants, no nothing, stay home, which I think is what's what's still potentially going to to come about. And so I know the CDC has gone from like gatherings of whatever to no more gatherings of fifty or more. And I think my wife told me last night they're like down to if you have ten or more people in a gathering, that's too many. And so they, everybody's going to pretty much have to. Stay home and, and, you know, grocery stores has been a run on those, the stock market's in the tank. So not a lot of fun, but after that little two-minute session of me kind of lamenting the uh, the status of the world right now, I'm going to try to keep things positive and keep it light on the show, and that's why we spent the majority of today's episode talking about restaurants and uh, the bracket, and then maybe tomorrow will be more on cereal. I do have one interview that I'm hoping to be able to run in an episode of B-Shape Daily later this week. It's with a baseball player, a minor league guy who had a cup of coffee with the Cardinals recently. I'm hoping to get to talk to him later in the week, get his perspective on what's it looking like for guys that are not necessarily getting all these guarantees like NHL, NBA, I believe, have said they're going to continue to pay their players. MLB, not sure they're doing the same thing. They're still kind of developing the plan for how that's going to work. I think guys are getting a stipend, and so that's something, but it's it's not maybe necessarily what was expected of being able to play a full season and have the opportunity to earn a major league job. Like That's what a lot of these minor league guys are out there to do. They're not out there to just say, yeah, I'm going to be in the minors for the rest of my life. Like The dream for all of them is to make it to the majors. And so uh, hoping to talk to a guy who has done that and is still on the grind and uh, hoping to be able to get in touch with him so we can air that episode later this week. But otherwise, it'll be random topics and we'll talk about sports as uh, news comes about and as interesting things come about. But we'll keep it. We'll try to keep it fresh on a daily basis and I hope you guys see it the same way. So we'd love to have you subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. B-Shape Daily can be found in all those places. There are a few others as well. To see the full list, head to anchor.fm slash bshafer12. Uh, appreciate you guys for joining me, and that's going to do it for this episode of B-Shape Daily. So I will talk to you tomorrow.